Welcome to The Leadership Line, a podcast that covers everyday work issues from dealing with jerks at work to feeling burnt out. Tammy and Scott's experience, along with their different perspectives, help listeners grow, examine realistic options and alternatives, and identify those actionable solutions to the tough issues we face every day at work. Carmen, how's it going? Hi. I needed to see if we could have a little variation in our entry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you've been missing it where I change whose name I say first. Oh, yes. It should always be mine, but that's a whole other story, Carmen. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So what's on your mind tonight, Carmen? Some of our clients that I've been talking to this week are in performance appraisal season. So Tammy and Scott, how do you feel about performance appraisals? Pro or con? I'll throw it out there as a a yes, no, and then you can add nuance to that. I'm a pro. How about you, Scott? I think it depends. Yeah, I think it does depend on on how it's done, why it's done, the methodology that they use. However, if you choose the right methodology to have these conversations, I think I'm, I am pro. I would say for how most organizations handle it, I would say I'm a cop. I would tell you that eight out of 10 do it poorly. What do they do wrong? Yeah. So Scott should talk either what they did wrong or what they should do differently. Yeah. So, you know, I think many times performance management is tied directly to end of year bonus and you do it at the end of the year and everyone has it done together and there's a rating scale and we 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 create our goals at the beginning of the year and then we don't talk about them and at the end of the year we say oh shit we didn't meet any of them well there's a surprise (laughs) and (laughs) not only is it a surprise that we didn't get it done then my favorite part is that when it still comes to doing kind of the raises and all that kind of stuff, we don't say you didn't get it done. We go, well, I really like Carmen and she worked hard this year. So I'm going to give her fill in the blank. And Scott kind of ticked me off last week. And so now he's going to get lesser amount. And so we end up justifying. We don't even use the setup that we what we said we were going to use to make these decisions, we still come to the end of the year and make excuses for the people that we want to give raises to. And we find problems with the people that, you know, we don't want to give raises to. And oftentimes that is biased. It's based upon my relationship, whether I like them or not, and all of that versus how do they add value to the organization? Yeah. And I think when we look at it, there is an important piece that it's setting goals at the beginning of the year very, to me, makes very much sense. Yep. Tied to strategic initiatives. Totally tied to strategic initiatives or growth for that individual. Because that person, you may say, oh, they're trying to grow and, and move up or, you know, lateral move or whatever. So I think there's this piece of strategy for the organization and growth for that individual makes sense to me. Well, and Scott, I guess just for a minute, if we kind of talk, what are the big broad categories that I want to measure? I want to measure how are you contributing to the strategic initiatives of the organization this year? Okay. Effectiveness. And that spot. And it's not even effectiveness as much as it is, you know, I should be part of the growth 
of the organization, not just the status quo of the organization. And every human being inside that organization can have some impact on that. We have to tie something to that. So I think a category is, how am I helping the organization with those strategic initiatives? I do think there should be a personal growth in that spot. I should not be allowed year after year after year to say, I don't need to grow. So what is my personal growth? Okay. The third category that I would tell you that I think it needs to measure is how, like, I'm getting work done and that's great. I also need to look at how I'm getting that done in terms of my behaviors and impact and interactions with human beings. Because if I'm a jerk and I'm making it really difficult for everybody else, that's not okay. So if we have values inside the organization, if we have behavioral expectations, and I think every organization should have that, we should be measured against that as well. Those are the big three for me that are not not formal leaders. Scott, do you have another category that you would add to that? No, to I always think of it as it's how well are you doing your job performance? Yep. So results would be a fourth one. And mm-hmm. I think, well, and I actually think to me that's in that first piece. Oh, that's still part of the strategic piece? No, I would look at it just a tiny bit different. I look okay. at it as that first piece is that is your job function. What are your job functions? And what are the results you're getting for those job functions as an individual and and or as a team? Because if you're on a team, there's some team stuff there and we, we need to win as a team and lose as a team. And then there's some pieces where, how am I doing? So I would tell you, Scott, for me, that's my fourth category for a yeah. non-leader. So strategic, personal development, yep. how I behave. And how am I doing my work? And the only reason I change it is because I always think of it as doing your work is job one for everyone. Yeah. I have to keep the lights on. I have to keep the doors open. I have to satisfy my customers, see my patients, whatever that is. So to me, it's job performance and how effectively are you doing and how efficiently are you doing that job performance? Then there's the, are you a jerk face? How are your behaviors? Aligned to the values of the organization? Are you easy to work with? Then to me, the third piece, and I just lump it all in as growth, growth from an organizational perspective and growth from a personal perspective. And so I, I think we have the same categories. We just may call them just a little bit. Yeah, different. same categories. You split, you put one, two of them together. I split them out because I want different scores in that spot. And I, I wasn't giving order, but I like your order. Your order is really well done. Okay, so those are the ones that we would look at for a non-leader. Now, do you have another category for leadership for people in? Oh, no, because they're to me their job. It's what is in the job performance one changes. So yeah, you still have to get the result and those things, but it's not you delivering those results. And then it's around what's your retention rate? How are you growing people? I mean, it's more team-based work. So this is the place where I think a lot of organizations make a mistake is they don't in the performance section recognize what a leader's responsibilities are. So they end up putting in the performance of the department and that might be about how many widgets are we making, right? Are we hitting the the goals of our output when it comes to the things we're making and the service that we're providing? And we don't recognize that a leader's work is, yes, the department has to hit the departmental goals. 
and a leader has to develop others so that others have more capacity year over year over year over year, not by working longer hours, but by growing, adding new skill sets, becoming more efficient in those skill sets, um, making sure that as the work is kind of delegated to the staff, that we are doing that in a way that's utilizing the strengths of each individual and minimizing the weaknesses of each individual. And so I don't think most performance evaluations recognize the job of leadership, the work output of leadership. I think it's a huge mistake. Yes. And do you have any organization that's doing that right now, Scott? That you yeah, a couple only because we've worked with them. <laughs> other than the ones that we have advised, right? No, I have not come across anyone doing that on their own. What is the leader's work product? I think the other thing that people miss is, you know, the, hey, I'm a leader for, you know, Jim and Joe and Mary and Sally, and they each have goals and metrics, whatever they're responsible for, that needs to roll up to me as well. Because if they don't get it done, that is my fault. I am accountable for the work output of every member of my team. And if my folks are not achieving, that means I'm not leading. Yeah. And the only way I would look at that and give that leader some grace is if I really see that they're working to make their work product good. So they're developing that person and they're holding that person appropriately accountable. Now, they still are going to not hit it on their outcomes, their measures, but I'm going to give them some grace because if they're taking action to course correct, okay, they're you know, they're doing their piece. I have to recognize that I'm going to have some people that come into the department that are new that I have to help get up to speed. They're not just going to walk in the door and have it figured yeah. out. So you're right. If I have someone who is below the expectations, Mark, if I am as a leader, I'm stepping in and helping them grow or go, I'm doing my job, even though they are not getting things completed. And I have newbies. And that's not a matter of grow or go. That's a matter of onboarding them and getting them through that onboarding process so that they can add value as soon as possible. And that is my my responsibility as a leader. And if I'm in the midst of that, yes, right? Then my goal for them is not necessarily that big goal that the job would have long-term. It's getting them up to speed because they're new or that my job with this person who's underperforming is to get them to perform or get them to move out of the organization. And I should get credit for that if I'm taking action. I should get in trouble if I'm not taking action. Let's talk about that time frame a little bit in the context of performance appraisals. What do you think is the right timing? One of the pieces about this, this once and done, it's a big effort every year at a certain time. I think is crazy, especially with organizations who we have people who have 40 direct reports. Now, first of all, that is just crazy. You cannot lead 40 people. You cannot grow 40 people. So let's let's right size the, the number of direct reports. And that number varies from, you know, kind of uh, organization to organization, uh, you know, kind of industry to industry. With that said, though, 
this conversation also, I've seen people formalize it to the place where they're doing one a quarter. And that also seems like, seriously? So I think a part of it is, are you having regular check-ins? Are you catching people doing things well and telling them? When you see something that's not going well, do you in the moment coach or do you wait until your next coaching session, which, you know, was going to be March 17th, except for you got busy in March 17th. And so you pushed it back and you made it March 21st and then you were busy on March 21st, you know, and you just keep pushing it back and pushing it back. And when you finally have the conversation, it's two months later. I think a big part of that is it's not just the performance evaluation and how often we're doing it. It's the leader's commitment to having conversations and having regular conversations when the opportunity presents itself. I've seen lately a few different organizations are doing it on the the employee's work anniversary. So instead of doing it all at the same time at the end of the year, let's spread out that way. That to me makes sense. There's also the thing that is a little weird is, you know, how do you do annual goals? In the end, I don't know that the timing of when you do the final one matters nearly as much as what is your ongoing cadence of one-on-ones and providing feedback and how you're handling those one-on-ones and those feedback sessions and the follow-up to see, are they on track to meet their performance goals, their growth goals, their strategic goals is way more important than the end of year. Oh, great. You got a meets or, you know, needs improvement or whatever, you know, you're a superstar, whatever that is. Well, and the other piece of that is oftentimes when we come to these evaluations, we miss some of the things and, and we have the recency effect. Because if we've done it annually, I'm trying to remember the whole year, but I haven't been keeping track and noticing as we go. And so it is one of the things that I honestly believe we need to have informal, in the moment. I see the situation and I step in and I'm like, great job. So I make sure that I'm pointing out what went well. I also will see situations where it didn't go so well. And in that spot, not calling them in and calling them on the carpet, using that as the opportunity for growth and say, okay, we were just in that meeting. So tell me what you thought went well in that meeting and what would you do differently next time? And that gives us the opportunity to have continual feedback, not in a way where I'm catching you doing it wrong, but having the conversation that allows you to determine regardless of whether it was good, okay, or great to say, and how could I do it even better? And that's that thing of continuous improvement. That's that thing of leveling up. That's the thing of becoming more. It's not being satisfied just because it was good. Because we all have the opportunity to be great, but only if we continue to that thing that I'm doing today and, and push it and say, and how could I become even better? How can I move that forward without having to tear me down? Because oftentimes we go to growth only because there's a problem. How about growth? Because my potential hasn't been reached yet. And I actually think performance evaluations should be more about how can we extend your potential than it is about catching you doing it right or wrong in the moment or over the course of a year. Wouldn't it be interesting to say, 
hey, you know, right now, this is like, like, let's just put a number at it. Like right now you're a 27. So what could you do this year to become a 33? Knowing that there is no end goal, like 100 isn't the goal. The number is infinity. And so it literally is just saying, you know, what's the next place where you can stretch and grow and become more? To me, I think performance is more about developing potential than catching them doing it right or wrong in the moment. And I think we should shift it. Yes, there's goals. And in that space, how did you become more this year? Okay. I love that conversation. And in having setting the goals, what do you want to do to become more this year? How would that help the organization? How would that help you? I think that's a much more interesting conversation than what most people do for performance management. And that wraps up this week's episode of The Leadership Line. As always, feel free to reach out to us in the emails provided in this podcast description box and be sure to check out our upcoming episodes always announced on LinkedIn. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week.